0: You're listening to Sarah Hagen Backstage, with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes
1: them tick both inside and outside of the music business. This week, Sarah talks with Kaz Rodriguez.
2: Welcome to Sarah Hagen Backstage. On today's episode, we have Kaz Rodriguez. Kaz is a touring musician with acts such as Josh Groban. He's a clinician, a teacher, and someone who's just led an incredibly interesting life. When I first met Kaz, I knew that we would be great friends and we've had some super fun times over the years. So come along as we cover a wide range of topics today with Kaz. Kaz Rodriguez, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Oh, I just feel like we've we we we've been speaking every day. It's been great. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we do speak every day, but this is this is special because we get to share our conversation with others, which uh, which is really nice.
1: It's always I'm I'm always humbled to be a part of anything that you do, Sarah. So thank you for having me.
2: And same with you. I love being involved in any of your projects as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm just I'm excited that we get the chance to chat today. And um, like you said, we we do speak nearly every day. And I want to thank you for being such a fantastic friend to me, and you know, just always there for anything that's going on. And um, I value that incredibly. So thank you.
1: No, that's always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: But today we're going to talk all about Kaz and I really just want to ask you a little bit about um your start in music and drumming and one question that came to mind and I wasn't sure about the answer because you play drums you play keys um were drums your first instrument
1: yeah so drums drums have always been my first instrument it's just been um it's piano was kind of just introduced later on in my life basically i think i discovered that i i had like a a pitch thing so i just started to realize but when i was baby cas i don't know if i was this small or this small but i just remember reacting a lot to you know music and i was always dancing and I've I kept on, like, explaining about, like, colours and, and, and things like that. And I think I was just called a weird child out of my three brothers. Like, uh, so, uh, well, we're just three brothers uh, in general, so the, the the other two were always saying to me, Kaz, you're, like, weird. Like, you always <laughs> say that this is blue and this is orange and this is green. I'm like, stop taking the piss out of me.
0: Stop Aww. taking the piss out of me.
1: I was just like, and then um, realized that it was a reason why I was doing it. So I think the first instrument was definitely drums, but I didn't realize that it related to a lot of things because I was always obsessed with so many toms. That's why I was obsessed with Simon Phillips because he had like l- so many notes, and I was like, "Do do do do." I was like, "Blue, orange, green, woo!" Like, yes, Yeah yes.
2: Yeah. So, well. First of all, leave it to siblings to, um, you know, give you a, a, an early complex, right? But, um, <laughs> but really, uh, when you say weird, I always say like weird is a great thing, right?
0: Like,
2: yeah. when you're when you're when when someone says the word weird, really, it kind of just means different to me, and yeah, I really value that in people their their differences, their talents. Um, you just touched upon something that I really want to dive into um, and maybe we'll dive into it just a little bit later, um, which is the colors and to me that's just an incredible gift that you have so we'll we're, we'll go a little deep into that but um but so when you were a kid and you were really into music and wanting to play, did you have access to instruments at that point or like when did you get your first uh, set of drums?
1: yeah I, I think I didn't really have a, a set of drums until, I was probably about 15, like 16. Um, it, it was more of a case that like any old story would be like, you know, playing on a small, on, on like pots and pans and pillows and on the bed and anything that your parents hate <laughs> you playing on. Um, and I and I felt, um, you know, the, the, having a drum set is just, you know, I felt like it was just one part piece of the puzzle. I think I was so obsessed with just playing something, <laughs> like just playing, mm-hmm. just playing a wall <laughs> or play a, a, you know, just de- this music is around us. And I felt that that was the most special thing. And then you know, just because something was a drum set, it was just like, you know, I just I I dreamt of having a drum set, but like my family wouldn't let me <laughs> have a drum yeah. set until. And- I had to like save up and make sure I could buy one. And I actually did when I was a kid and I snuck it uh, to my next door neighbor's house. Really? Yeah, so I used to, I don't know if you you know, but like I, I think you know, I already told you this, but when I was a kid, I used to busk on the streets. I used to play on the streets to, um, you know, to get some money, like just mm-hmm. to earn and it was, you know, it's a bit naughty, you know, it's a bit uh, because you have a lot, li- you have to have a license to play in the streets of London and to be a street performer. So mm-hmm. I used to borrow my school uh, school's floor tom and snare drum. And I, these little hi-hats that had no brand whatsoever. And um, I just glued them together and clamped it onto the snare to play like a kick smear pattern. Mm-hmm. And uh, the floor tom was a kick drum. So all of a sudden I saved enough money for my first kit, which was a, was a, was a Tama. It took me about three years to like save up for it. And um, at 15, I bought this Tama kit and um, I had to ask my neighbor to, if it was okay for them to put it, if I could deliver it to this address. <laughs> yes. And He was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries and take it. But then I, I just loved going every single day i used to go to my next door neighbor's house and my parents were like what are you doing so i'm just doing the gardening i'm just going to do some <laughs> gardening and then i always used to just talk to my drums i never got to play them because of the noise complaints so i, I used to just look at my drums and go i love you
2: <laughs> <Aww>.
1: <laughs> you know um yeah you know that, a- that
2: kind of speaks to like the, the resiliency of um, musicians who are really into music and making music and will kind of do anything it takes to make that happen. So, you know, saving up money when you're a kid, I'm sure, you know, busking on the street wasn't easy all the time. Um, like, you know, you did what you had to do, borrowing the school's um, instruments, making it work in order to save money to buy drums that you weren't even able to play for a period of time, but you knew that eventually you'd be able to make it.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it was just something that I had to understand because I remember Simon Phillips telling me, well, not telling me, but telling uh, on the internet or something I read up saying that it has you have to make sacrifices and when you work for something is this there there is more worth in something when you've saved up for something like it doesn't have to be drums it could be like most people would like save up three months of their job worth of stuff to buy like a pair of trainers or some clothes or a jacket and but you feel nice wearing it because you've saved you've worked for it or you know (laughs) even haircut (laughs) you know you saved up to get a haircut which i need right now but um, (laughs) um but everything is worth more by by saving up for something that you've reward you've rewarded yourself from hard work and that's something i've always lived by since i was a kid so i will never never change that never change that
2: I agree absolutely. Yeah. I think it's that's an important lesson, um, just the value of things and um, knowing that you worked hard for it, and it makes you work even harder toward your goals. Um, and you've you've always worked really hard to toward your goals. And I love that you said that you know something Simon Phillips said out on the internet, you know, influenced you and supported you. Um, yeah. And you list Simon as as one of your. Um, you know, one of the people that you look up to um, and you look toward and sound wise as well. Um, And I know that there are others out there and in present day, you're, you know, I feel like you're always finding um, drummers, new drummers that are coming up. You do a lot of mentoring, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there is, I do feel like, you know, we, you know, I was once that person who was that young you know, now I'm saying I'm old, but you know, <laughs> no. when, you get, when, you get, when you get to the point where you aspire to 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 your heroes, you know, you you see these guys, and then it's up to what I believe is like the the we believe the children are our future, <laughs> you know, that kind of you know the children like the the younger generation are you know it is the it is the concept. You can't last, You don't last forever in terms of lifespan, but it's important to send and and to inspire and give knowledge to the next generation to for them to pass knowledge. And that's how it's happened for anybody. It's it's a it's even taking away music. Um, it's a family thing. This mm-hmm. generation, your mum, your dad. You know you're any any if you have if you have family you're passing knowledge and upbringing to that younger generation who then you know resonate that impact in what you've given them in their life and they do that for their children and their children and their children and i feel that's the same i feel with music where um i listen to my heroes and then they've you know, life is crazy because it gives you, it takes you back in full circle. Because I now met someone like, you know, Simon in real life, and then got to like share the cover with him and bespoke spoke, and it was just amazing. And I was just like, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> um, and, really, and, and and that's how it worked for me as well, especially with like friendships and 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 people like I've I've met in throughout my career. You know, I've learned, I still am learning and I love that. Like that's that's such an amazing thing to do when where I am in my career right now is so, I'm so fortunate to do what I do. Um, especially in this pandemic, I'm still able to work and still be creative, but I'm still learning from so many avenues and it's been giving me time to, to re- re like have time to learn like you know to to, to do things and catch mm-hmm. up with everybody and that actually impacts a lot of the generation for the younger generation that you're seeing a lot now that are playing but they it's weird to think that people start going oh we listen to you because of this and it's like that's crazy now that you're saying that i'm old
2: <laughs> it's not,
1: it's not, not, it's not at old. all no yeah. but
2: But you do do that, which is really important. You know, you had you had that, you know, in in your experience coming up, you had those people to look up to and to talk to. And now you are doing that for the next generation. And it's leaving a legacy. You know, you're you're creating a legacy. I shouldn't say leaving. You're creating a legacy. Um, And I think you're really a great example of someone who not only has been able to come through this quarantine and this pandemic and do what you do best, but then also expand. I see you teaching. I see the drumio coaches and you're writing music and you released an album. So all of these things that you're doing, it's just amazing to see how diverse you are being.
1: Thank you. It's, it's, it's been, um, you know, I feel like, you know, there are, there are times where, sometimes we forget we forget um where we originally started Mm -hmm. and this time has been a perfect time to remember where we started like because you know what i do believe when your career starts to do things for you you start to not do things for your career <laughs> anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, and, I agree with that.
1: So, you know, it's it's, it's now it's be- become such a, a a refreshing moment for me to 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 get my ass in gear and just go all right, wake up. You got to come to the studio. You got to write a song because I remember now like all the stuff that I have here now it's like I I started from a small keyboard in my bedroom, mm-hmm. right? Music Wanting to share it to the world, and now I'm I'm so fortunate to have this stuff that you know I may not have like the most you know fancy fancy studio, but it everything that I have that allows me to be who I am. It's it's really it's really a gen like like, like you know it's a thing I never take for granted, and and it's just that uh, I can put some work into it and know that there is a reward coming from that. Mm-hmm. and i'm able to have all these opportunities and actually if not more even after when all this when things start to come back to normal i've now learned so much as well as being able to have like you know i can now go you know I rather than going oh i'm just going to sit in the tour bus and do nothing i'm going to be like you know what i actually want to do something maybe do, i can do this you know i don't feel like fatigued as much because it's it's really put everyone in this health perspective but also a mental perspective or in in a health perspective in our mental side as well where we have to put a little bit of work in now and it's um and it's nice to think that when we're back in the day you know like i i now remember when i was 16 what i was doing to try and like do something (laughs) you know
2: Right, right. I, I think, you know, this this whole experience with COVID and the quarantine and, you know, live touring being on hold, it's kind of pressed a little bit of a reset button, I think, in a lot of our lives and yeah. made us um, reassess, you know, uh, our what we're doing and where we're going and, and our futures. And we had a great conversation. I remember just talking about how, like, you know now it's time to hustle and yeah. <laughs> make yeah. things happen but you're right when you're making things happen for yourself it yeah. is an incredibly valuable experience because you're getting out of it what you put into it yeah. as hard as you work that's what's going to come back to you exactly. uh, And i think that's a that's an important lesson and um you know let's go back to because before quarantine before all of this happened you were yeah. touring like really heavily with Josh Groban. You were in the US a lot and um yeah. and that was that was kind of a different experience for you um than your previous tours, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was you've 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 come to some uh, did you did you come to two shows or one show only?
2: I came to two different shows, yeah.
1: Two different shows, yeah. That's the thing cuz every time I was in Boston, I was like, "Sarah, you are coming to the show." Yes. You are coming to the show, so like
2: absolutely,
1: yeah. So like a lot of the, lot of the, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like you guys are like my extended family. You are my family, and it's just like I'm, I'm from across the pond. So for me, it's a luxury to know that I have my friends to, to, to come and see the show, and um, it was just so, it, it you know, Josh is experience for me to be to be in Josh's band even being Josh's drummer now it's so life-changing for me because it's it's something I've dreamt of that I thought would never exist in music industry um you know I remember back in the day I was just so obsessed with wanting to play pop you know I was just like I want to play for this pop person and this pop person and I realized it was just this kind of You know, I would kind of relate it to being in an office photocopying machines, you know, like with you know, photocopying pieces Mm -hmm. of paper every day. My job is to wake up seven o'clock, to take a train that takes an hour, to go into the office, be there nine o'clock, and then photocopy every single day. Just doing that and I and I and I that was how I treated pop music for me because in London it was so difficult to get a job in in pop mm-hmm. it, when even when I started doing it um it was still not guaranteed you know there was no um certainty like you would do a chore for like three months mm-hmm. two years one year maybe three weeks and 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 that was just mentally frustrating you know um being with Josh and actually coming to America where when I when my kind of when my career started to kind of channel towards that side of the like your world <laughs> you know <laughs> When so when I uh came to America it really um changed my perspective of how things are like how people work there how how like kind of straightforward everything is and being with josh was just a godsend because i ended up being invited to join the band uh you know three years ago and it was literally a cross between uh like you know the musical director and josh were both following me and they discovered me on Drummio and uh they said you know so you write music and i was like yeah and then i realized that writing music i always wanted to be an artist to, in my own right, like, like Simon. Mm-hmm. Simon was like, you say Simon Phillips. It's like, yeah, Simon. Like, not Simon Phillips of Toto or Simon Phillips of Protocol. No, Simon Phillips. That's it. You just say that. And my goal was that kind of thing where opportunities, where someone appreciates what your, what your forte is. Josh and uh, Tara Kakoni, an amazing musical director who you met,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Josh, uh, they valued my songwriting and my my playing as well, where I used my my concept of how I do things. And, you know, it changed my life, like, job-wise. And actually, I was so grateful to to be in the Stateside <clears throat> all the time after that. You know, it was weird to just call you guys all the time and go... Hey guys, I'm coming over now. I'm coming over. I'm coming over. And I'm like, let's, yes. let's hang. And and even even throughout the 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 craziest of times, you know, like that you guys were so busy, you were you still came to see the show. You we still- would not
2: miss it. Now, we would never miss it. And we, we would always joke with you when you said, Oh, the tour's starting back up and I'm coming over. And we would say, Oh, good, you're coming home. <laughs> you
1: yeah, know? I know. I felt like I, I converted half American after Right. <laughs> yeah, half American.
2: Um, but no, we, you know, at any time that you are in the area is so much fun. And I, I remember you spending um, about a week in Massachusetts and uh, we had a great time making wow. music and yeah. um, talking ideas and being creative. And, you know, those are just... Those are some of the best memories. So,
1: and actually, like I said it like the other day, but you know, having breakfast with you and Paul like was just uh, an amazing. It just, it just felt like I don't know. It just felt like like family. Like we just um, had an omelet with <laughs> with some with some biscuits, and um, there was like the strawberry. Was it strawberry fair? Isn't it?
2: strawberry fair yes for yeah. anyone who happens to be in the norwell massachusetts area we're talking about this restaurant strawberry fair and I, they, it's like this converted um you know older home converted into this restaurant it's just the most indulgent wonderful comfort food ever they actually have a uh, cornbread french cornbread. toast which is like incredible so Yes, check out Strawberry Fair if you're in uh, Massachusetts <laughs> anytime oh, soon. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, so, yeah, I do, I do one, yeah.
2: one other quick question, too, yeah. about um, Josh Groban, because Josh mm-hmm. is a drummer mm-hmm. himself. He loves drums and playing, and um, that must have been interesting for you to be on tour with him. And I do remember that he he had you, one of your songs was worked into the set, right?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> the funny story behind that was we were rehearsing and I was, you know, I was already nervous because I was, you know, this was like my kind of, the, you know, playing with Josh is a big deal. And, mm-hmm. and the first thing was like, everyone was talking about, you know, I, I was just focusing on learning the songs. And then I remember Tariq, and Josh suggesting, like, can you write something for the for the for the set? And I was already stressing out over learning all the music for the tour. And then they're like, can you write a song? And then um, this is at rehearsals, probably like four days or five days in. So I, I wrote something the night before, then the next day I wrote the song, and Josh was and Tariq were like, I love it and literally i just went what and they <clears throat> they said oh yes yeah, being out and being scored by for the orchestra to play and um they just want and josh like basically showcased that that song as like my my composition for me to have my moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, i was just like over the moon because you don't get that opportunity so yeah i wrote that when i the song's called marrakesh um i did not Entitled it Marrakesh, uh, Tarek did it because <laughs> so it, I said, like, "What's the what's the name of the song?" I was Marrakech. Yeah, I was like, "Well, I'm not Moroccan, but hey, it's all good." <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was so it was so enlightening to do that and to play that everywhere. And when we filmed it, for me, the most emotional moment for me was two places was Red Rocks when we played it at Red Rocks, and like a you know, it was just. Mm. Like it hits you, and then Madison Square Gardens was like the a dream because it was filmed on a DVD, and it was aired on HBO, and 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 it was just like I I literally just and then we watched it in the cinema, like it was out on cinema, and and I just I almost like got emotional, I I basically shed a tear because it was just. I, I just look back at when I was a kid and mm-hmm. dreamt of playing those sort of venues and, and having that. And Josh really, like, he, he values a musician. Like, the people that are in Josh's band are all artists in their own right, and they're phenomenal creatives. And for me to have a little piece of that artistry to shine with the Josh's fans really, really, like, you know, it, it really made me feel uh, privileged and and honored, you know. So and I and I continue to do do that. When we go back on the road, <laughs> it might be a case we might write another song, <laughs> you know. And I'll do it. That you
2: know? would be great. And I remember um, seeing you play that song, and I felt a little emotional about it too, just because I knew we had had the conversation about it, and I knew how much it meant to you and. Um, yeah, it's such an incredible opportunity, and for someone of his caliber to um, to present that opportunity, incredibly important. And I think it kind of goes along with exactly what you're doing with um, passing along the knowledge that you have to the next generation and, and those coming up. Um, incredibly important. Um, and along those lines, too, you know, a lot of people have discovered you through social media. And one of the things that um, you adopted early on was posting, utilizing social media to get, um, you know, your name out there and some recognition. And you built up a really incredible f- follower base. Um, and now we have a lot of a lot of um, drummers posting regularly, and that's the way to promote nowadays, um yeah. which is, you know, such a shift over the past few years. Yeah. Um, so, one thing that I was recently talking with um, Sarah Thauer about, a mutual friend of ours, Sarah, um, we were just talking about like the negativity that you can encounter. Oh, and yeah. so that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Like, how mm-hmm. do you handle that? Are you able to just kind of brush it off? And what um, advice do you give to those coming up?
1: I have an axe. And I, have an axe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I- <laughs> To be honest, negativity is just there there's yin and there's yang. You know, it's it's what balances you and how you deal with things. And I mm-hmm. and I personally have dealt with that and still people today it doesn't matter what drummer like I even for a fact can say on behalf of every drummer who's even up there the crip of the crop would still have negativity. You know <clears throat> um okay. everybody gets it and that's it's, it's purely on the case of how you deal with it for example um i you know social media has changed drastically like where i first started when i was in university when i was you know young and again i'm making it out like I'm old again. But hey, but um when- You're
2: experienced. You're not old. You're experienced, guys. I'm experienced
1: now. There yeah. you go. Let me just get my walking stick. Just- <laughs> um, so when I started in university and back then when Instagram was just like a 10- 15 second clip. Like, you know, mm-hmm. thinking how can I make it impactful and how how can I get people to, to see what I'm doing? I never really wanted to do social media for validation. I I did it in a sense of it was a digital world where I could see myself grow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not like vainly, like say like oh I want to know that in two thousand and ten is different from when I was now. Mm-hmm. How much that you know? It's like a it's like an album, of of like a photo album, but it's just digital, and that was my initial thing because I wanted to push, but also to. To connect with people across the world, the world, because there were so many different dramas out there, <clears throat> and I, I, you know, I, I do feel like the negativity has has grown um, massively for a like the the negative people. I mean, like have come mm-hmm. like like a storm, <laughs> like you know, worse than a virus, basically, um, right? Because they do that, I think for two reasons. One, because they they think that uh, maybe drummers like us that have worked to get to where we are, they think that it's just like this. We we've, we've done it like that. They don't realize the story. They don't understand what we've been through, and we've gone through negativity, and we've learned how to accomplish that. And I think. The only simple answer for that is to just be positive back.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I've, I've basically done it so many times where if somebody had to troll you or say something bad, you just say to them, is everything okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can I help you with something? Or is there anything that you need that I can do to help you? In the end of the day, they walk out being positive and they take back everything they said. But the reason why is because they are frustrated within themselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and, and it's you know like if sarah's had it like everyone's like sarah's such a fantastic drummer and she's grown yeah. she's gone she's grown like so much and where her social media is going in her direction and where she wants to go and you know and they're like i'm i'm more chilled now on my socials where i don't really you know i don't i don't have that time anymore like there are drummers that are classed as Instagram drummers there are drummers that are classed as you know TikTok drummers and stuff like that I'm, I just don't have that sort of time to do that anymore because I've outgrown what I originated from mm-hmm. I feel like I still use Instagram as a stamp of memories for me and social media is still important because then you still connect with people like I've connected with so many fantastic drummers that I never thought would want to speak to me, but I, we talk all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so amazing to connect with other amazing drummers and even discover new drummers. Um, and that's how I when I teach, I teach some really great drummers and, and I also mentor some drummers that are great. like I just I just love sharing. I've always been about that you know, my music has done that because I took drums out for a reason. I took, I didn't, you know, I didn't take drums out because I want you to just go crazy over it. I want the drums out so you can play and share it with me, but also share it with your friends to play in a circle and play together. And then you brought like seven or eight drummers together and have fun and have, have a friendship and this good time and have a break and, have some food and go back and play for twelve hours and
2: absolutely, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. And and your music does that, which is it's just so amazing. You know, you have become known as a drummer who writes music for other drummers and with them in mind and thinking of you know how it would sound or how people could interpret it. Um, and you know, you've written pieces specifically for. Chris Coleman, right? Aaron Spears, bunch of other drummers.
1: Yeah, Annika Spot, um, Alex Rudinger, metal drummer, Calvin Rogers, um, Brian Fraser Moore. There's there's like tons, but I think I think um, the main thing as well is just you know styles are not my <clears throat> my music is about bringing every style of drama. Every genre of drama, together. Mm-hmm. We're so we're such in separated, um, you know, territories where people are just so separate. Like I'm a metal drummer. I'm a uh, this drummer. I'm this drummer.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: people just want to be. It's like it's like politics. It's like countries. They they all have rules and regulations. Like <laughs> metal, there's you know there's metal and there's there's ballads somewhere mm-hmm. like everything in between so when i write my music is about having all that sound together and for some strange reason making it work so people can uh, feel good about it and um i'm i'm really i'm really like honored to and humbled to have so many people across the world play the songs and one of them for a fact sent said, said to me um so you know, there's one guy I can't remember his name, but he he, he you know he he served in the military,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, he he had been amputated, and he plays drums, and drums was like he started losing his motivation because of what happened. Mm-hmm. He listened to my music, and he got to play, and then he it gave him so much motivation that he said that everything like just by listening to the music he felt better like everything feels fine and he's stronger than ever mentally and to be able to play and i that that hit me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I, i write i write songs with emotions because i write about my experiences and the fact that this person can can feel good about himself again through my music i was just like you know you're the teacher, not me. <laughs> you know?
2: Right. That's that's like the best gift back to you, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. knowing that you're changing, you know, m- music changes people's lives anyway, but like your specific yeah. music is bringing someone back to something that they love and, you know, yeah. that they're passionate about, which is just, it's just amazing.
1: Oh, um, and, I, and I will always do this. I won't stop doing it until, you know, until somebody says, stop doing what you're doing, but I, <laughs> you know, it's not over till the fat lady sings. So, you know, <laughs> so.
2: absolutely. And you, I can't, I just can't imagine you ever not making music because it's just, uh, it's in you, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's your passion. And um, another thing that is, um, is really just clearly inherent in everything that you do and the music that you make. And something I really wanted to talk to you a little more in depth about today was your synesthesia. Um yeah. and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what that is, um can you explain a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, sure. So I have color sound synesthesia. So <clears throat> there are it's a I wouldn't say a condition, but it's um it's definitely a fortunate um part of my my brain that sees uh sees color and sees um hears color through through frequencies so you know if i play a cymbal or if i play a drum set or something or hear something around me i turn it into music because i can hear chords on a piano and that's what um has always been um a mystery when i was a kid because um i started when i was um i started to really uh, so so synesthesia is basically about senses like some people have taste so you know if they feel something they will like for example i know somebody you know from a ted talk um someone has tastes when they feel sad they they taste the earth like the soil mm-hmm. if, they, if, if they feel happy and fall in love they smell citrus you know mm-hmm. and it's amazing like but for, for me it's more like i just see a spectrum of colors like right now we're talking i always see like colors like on the screen it's just like and um <clears throat> a similar perspective is Um, which I found out because a friend of mine, Mark Mondesier, uh, like phenomenal, again, an iconic drummer that I listened to since I was a kid, he sent me this link and he said, Kaz, you never guess what? Elvin Jones also has synesthesia. And I was like, no, really? And um, there's this documentary of him sitting on the drum set, have a cigarette, he's got a cigarette in his mouth, and he's talking about each drop so he plays the symbol and he's like yeah that's that's like yellow yeah
0: mm.
1: and he's like laughing he's like ah, that's that's yellow that's blue but when you play these together you get green and i was like that's what i get. that's what i have you know <clears throat> and um that turns into music so if i play a uh, crash cymbal and play it softly um i get one chord if i play it loud i get another chord and if i play it on the bell then i get another chord Mm -hmm. and then reason i just find i don't know what i play on the keyboard like you've seen the method to the madness
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we wrote we wrote a song and it's literally because of what i hear and 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 it was done in like a day less Mm -hmm. than like four hours or something
2: Yes. Yeah. I've, I've witnessed the magic there. Um, and I just, I think it's incredible because, you know, I, I hear sound in a unique way from working with symbols for so many years, Mm -hmm. um, translating someone's, uh, words about what they're looking for into an actual sound that they're looking for. And I remember meeting you in one of our first conversations, you told me about the synesthesia and the colors and the colors that come off the drums and the symbols. And it was the most fascinating thing for me to think about symbols in color. So I can't see them like you can, but you describing what a purple symbol is or a blue symbol is, and then thinking about it in that way and translating it into here, Kaz, here's your purple symbol, you know? So um, that to me was just, it was incredible. And we talked, recently about it and i was saying how i think it's just it's this gift that you have to be able to visualize sound um just incredible and it comes through in in your music and what you play and watching you work um which was you know a a blessing for me to see it see it all happen um Mm -hmm. one thing i was thinking about too so when you're writing a song for a particular drummer, so say Chris Coleman, for example,
0: mm.
2: are you picturing their, like the colors that they are playing? Are you thinking about that while you're writing the music?
1: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I've i listened to them so much when I was younger um, <clears throat> that I, I knew the sound that they were after and then I could, each, each drummer that I wrote for has like this aura that I channel that aura into this the, the method of what I do. It's so hard to explain, but it's like, <clears throat> it's like saying, um, I don't know, like it's, it's just one of those things where you just know, like, it, and it's because you're so used to it. It's mm-hmm. like driving a car that you drive and you're changing the gear shift, like just like it's second nature. It's the same thing when you first start out. It's like like this, but for me, it's like it's already been programmed in my head. And it's like um, you know when I so that, you know there were some songs like on Synesthesia, my fourth album. When I wrote Synesthesia, it was dedicated. Mm-hmm. There were some songs that I dedicated to to like you and 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 Paul Francis, and a lot of that inspiration came from you guys uh, because. I was, you were like so amazing by, you know, listening to the sounds that I was hearing in my head. But I needed ideas. But it was as weird as it sounded. I was like, I, I need to play this kind of symbol in okay. order to write this song. And then synesthesia came out. It's just like um that, which is album four. And then it, it's just one of those things, like just like what we're writing something for Chris Coleman or Aaron or wheres I just knew how they played and the selection of what they played allowed mm-hmm. to know what what actually makes it work for him like chris chris's song go when i wrote his song that took me only 3 hours to write like and uh when i sent it to him he had no notes he's like i feel like i've played this before Wow, which is crazy, and we had no notes. Like I literally wrote it, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do the video." And you know, they like to date. It's like three and a half million views or something. It's like Mm -hmm. it's unheard of for a drum video, but like you know, to see that was was amazing because it's not a cover. Like you see a lot of YouTube guys like playing covers, Mm -hmm. yes, hits, like yeah, millions of views, but. To have your own music play for that. And it's like, you know, it was weird. But then same with Aaron, resonated from that. And same with with Annika and Spot. When like, Spot's thing was a bit of a, like a a two-way thing, because I know he, I mean, he's an inspiration too, because, you know, the guy can write and he can play keys, like. Mm -hmm. But with with me, I need time when I'm (laughs) composing when he asked for a song that by me to write for him and i wrote stutter for him to to play and it's crazy the worst thing is it's like the ones that i write for the artists are the ones that the people always want to grab off me they're like i get countless of emails messages and like guys can i have that song can i have that song like <laughs> no it's made for these guys you know like and and that's it's such an empowering thing. Like to, to synesthesia has definitely been my, my guidance. It's like my Jiminy cricket to, to, to writing music.
2: I, lo- I love it. I, I, you know, it's just, it is so fascinating. And um, I think of music in a, in a kind of a creative way as well. You know, the, the math involved with it and the structure yet, it's really all about feeling and passion. Yeah. Um, but and I'm drawn to that kind of music, you know, the yeah. the, the kind of music that is complex and yeah. and really makes your brain work yeah. in a new way, I guess. Like, um, tool. <laughs> like tool. Yeah, like tool. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also, you know, I see it's kind of weird to say, but I see music in things like architecture, yeah. um, the structure of architecture, the the um the math behind it that's kind yeah. of like connects everything yeah. um so i like having conversations with you that are more on the like creative side of things where you're actually feeling you know you wrote that song for chris because you knew him as a person and you knew mm-hmm. his music and his style and you were able to really kind of tap into that to create something that fit with him to the point where when he heard it he felt like he had heard it before, and that's just that's an incredible gift.
1: Oh, thank you. It's <clears throat> it's definitely something I'm really fortunate to be able to to help cultivate it, and and it's just one of those things where I will always try to learn to better myself from it. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm <clears throat> like you. You see it in different ways. Everyone, I believe everyone has it. It's just unlocking it in their own way. I studied architecture just because of my synesthesia, as well. So it's funny that you mentioned architecture. So I just—that's just,
2: that's incredible. Um,
1: I gave up architecture only because it's a long-ass course. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, and you had other things to do. You know, you had a uh, you had music to write, and um, you know, you're always pushing yourself forward. You're always you know, pushing yourself to do the next thing. Um, you recently came out with your latest album, Motions, right? Yeah. In the midst of the pandemic.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and what what is coming up for you? And most importantly, when will you be back? When are you coming back to the US? When do we get to see each other?
1: Potentially August. This August, because fantastic. Josh uh, has some stuff happening potentially, so. I'll, um, fingers crossed, everything's okay. So I can come over and start playing. And um, yeah, I just want to catch up with everyone. Like most importantly, music aside, you know, my friends are everything to me. Uh, you know, seeing you you are such a big part of my life and, and Paul Francis, like, you know, it, and, and Aaron Spears is like my big brother. Like I always say it. every chat we've had, I'll always say Aaron. He's probably fed up, like <laughs> stop, stop talking about stop talking about me, Cad's.
2: Oh, I know Aaron loves you right back. So Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean like I said, all, those are the there's 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 reasons to come back to America because of that. Because you know, I say it all the time, there's a, a lot of, a, a part of me has found like it's so hard for me to like i've been so head down doing work and you know the social part of my thing has always been detached but when i'm with like you and paul the stories we share the the amazing amount of fun that we all have and we just like laugh about little funny things or like i'll trip over or something and we just laugh it off and you know if something bad happens we just laugh it off and that and just to be able to sit and have dinner and laugh and and Aaron as well, like Aaron, I would, I you know I miss him a lot as well because he's a massive part of my life,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: since day one. And you know, you know he may watch this, he may not watch this, but it's best if he doesn't watch it. Um, <laughs> that, that I went through the darkest part of my life. Uh, when I was nineteen or twenty years old, and sometimes I don't really, I didn't really talk about it as much. But you know, I was open to it. But I came out of a coma, you know, <clears throat> at a young age, and that's how I was able to like connect with the piano a bit more when I started. You know, I was, you know, had no way to walk, so I couldn't play drums. So I had to like learn how to do this. But this was another extension of my creativity. Mm-hmm. I- and um, Aaron was the reason for making me do what I do now because he never gave up on me. And um, he he believes in me still to this day. He, we talk um, like pretty much as much as we can. If he's not being a dad, you know, <laughs> he's a like handful with us. Um, but... You know we we talk all whenever we can but we talk about the most important thing which is life and mm-hmm. that that really makes me feel so much better because i feel like this is this is what you you're used to doing like you're used to doing this and i'm used mm-hmm. to doing this. like mm-hmm. when you're out of that space everything matters even more in your life and makes you appreciate what you have like i would you know we we message all the time like you like you and paul when the three musketeers thread mm-hmm. we we just send love to each other we're like i love you guys have a great mm-hmm. day. like let's you know and and that's something it, it's more rewarding to know that especially because i'm in the other across the side across the other side when i'm over there it, it's like you know we feel this energy that we just feel like you know i'm so glad and i miss you guys and you know people go through so much so much thinking they're alone but really they're not and that and, and you're only alone because you're so used to doing the same thing and, right but you but you're not alone the reality is you've got friends that you know and love and that care about you are there Wherever they are, and and just let them know, let yes. them know, let them know that you're loved and you you're cared for, and and that's what I do with you, Paul, Aaron, like all my friends are over there. I just make sure everyone's okay because mm-hmm. I don't forget, and you're always in the thoughts, and it's and and that's what keeps everyone going, especially this time, you know.
2: I I agree. Um, it it does speak to the importance of you know, keeping your, your friends really close, always telling them how much they mean to you. I try to do the same thing, um, send love and care, um, this past year, year and a half at this point, almost has been, has been really all about that. Um, at the end of the day, when the things in your life that you use to define yourself, change like we've all had happen over this past um period of of the the virus yeah. you recognize what you do have what is really incredibly important in your life who is there for you who your true family and friends are um that to me was an incredible lesson over this past year and um you know i'm so grateful for you and just uh, having you in my life, it's it's uh, you are a blessing to me. and so they, yes, there go, <laughs> hearts. Um, yes, you go your heart. But yeah great like friends
1: a big, like a boomerang.
2: Yeah <laughs> there you go. Uh, great friends are so incredibly important and in, in leaning on those people in your life when you need somebody, when you need to talk, when you need to uh, some advice. Um, and you know so thank you so much for that. Um, thank you for the music that you bring to us all. I know I can speak to musicians and drummers and um, people who just enjoy the music um, that we all appreciate you, Kaz, and your gift. Um, so thank you so much for that. And thank you for being a guest today. We, oh, uh, we will see you. each other as soon as possible. In the meantime, we'll be texting you soon. Wow,
1: oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and love to everyone... Everyone involved in, like, please, like, you got guys, guys, and gals. Literally, I cannot say this anymore. Sarah is literally, she's literally like the angel of angels. No, oh. she's the pack leader of angels. <laughs> you no, know, she, and, and the thing is, as well, okay. like, support. So we're all here together. We're all here together. And you can see that why Sarah has an array of, of musicians that love her because we are all standing by with Sarah and we always will and we're so it's, it's an honor for us to know that we get to be on this I'm 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 I'm, I'm honored I just I, I I you know usually I'd ask like to you could sign something but you can't sign <laughs>
2: Thank you, Kaz, so, so much. Uh, your, your words and your support mean the absolute world to me. So thank you. I'm going to give you another. Here's another little heart. Here we go. <laughs> thank you so much. You are the best. No and um, we will catch up with you soon.
1: No worries, Sarah.
2: Okay, bye. Take
1: care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.